Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast. Talking all things cricket, from club cricket to million pound franchises to the Test Match Arena. Proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Welcome to the Down at Third Man podcast. We are back for winter, we are back for the World Cup, we are back for the Ashes. Um, tonight I'm joined by some new new voices. Uh, the old voices have, have sort of left us for the week. Um, we've got some busy people and as you can probably tell by my voice, my voice is trying its best to leave me. Um, so I'll introduce the new lads who are with us tonight in a second. Before I do though, best give a shout out to Woodstock who continue to support us. Obviously, if you're looking for new kit for over the winter, get on to them. Uh, John, who's got plenty going on, I'm sure, at Woodstock. There'll be plenty of stuff going on, I'd imagine, in the run-up to Christmas as well. Um, and I believe you might, you can still get some money off with our discount code, but I'm not 100% how much, so I'll have to check with John, who knew I'd forgot something before this pod. Uh, before I forget as well, Cardiac Risk and the Young, we're still supporting them. You can still donate online on our fundraiser. Uh, there'll be some stuff being announced soon by Bignall End. They're having a cardiac risk in the young night uh, during their beer festival in two weeks' time. So I'm sure you'll see that coming out. And if you can just support them in any way, please do. Um, I know there's been a lot on lately by Cry and a lot uh, running in the London Marathon and stuff for them. So keep an eye out and donate where you can. Now, Aid and Jono claim to be important. Uh, it's a meeting at Bignall End tonight. Um, they promised to be back next week, but we've all heard that one before. Uh, Mounty is busy, who was also meant to be joining us tonight. So we have got two new voices with us for the winter. One, I'm sure we've heard plenty of um, me be telling his stories badly. And I'm sure they'd be much funnier from the horse's mouth than they were from me. And that is Jim, all the way down in Sussex. Couldn't really bring you on, Jim, to talk about North Staff's cricket, I'll be honest, but... Now we've got the opportunity to actually talk about some decent cricket. Thought we may as well get you on. Yeah, my knowledge of North Staffs isn't particularly great, but then neither is my knowledge of cricket. So <laughs> I'll, I'll talk a load of waffle and we'll see what we can make out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to you. And I won't comment about the fact that your own club were giving you stick on Instagram and Twitter when it was announced you were going beyond. Yeah, I might have to hand another transfer notice. I might, I've only just rejoined them. I'll have to leave again. <laughs> <laughs> At least these weren't the ones you had to run in on YouTube, is it? No, no. Different league, different um, <laughs> competition. Um, yeah, less said about that, the better. My hands are actually legally tied on that front. <laughs> ah, brilliant. And then also joining me tonight, uh, I'm sure plenty of you seen him engaging with our stuff on Twitter. Uh, place for Audlem CC, opening ball who likes to swing it a bit, shall we say, Si? Well, I'll try my best. It uh, <laughs> doesn't always go to plan. I think my new ball partner, uh, Callum McElveen, would um, say that I more mess up the new ball for him <laughs> to stop him from swinging the ball. But I've got to do something to try and stay ahead of him in the wickets, Callum. <laughs> well, it's nice to have you with us, Si. So, Cheers. I guess, first question to ask is, how is everyone wintering? We're wintering too well or not well enough? Mate, I'm wintering on two to four hours sleep a night at the moment with the newborn. So, but, you know... I'm, I'm already shadow batting, getting ready for club cricket to roll around next year because I've got nothing better to do in my life. Um, <laughs> been watching a fair bit of Squid Games, which just reminds me startlingly a lot of about you know club cricket, putting together in a team, a group of people you don't know or really like. But yeah, <laughs> that's about it, mate. 
Sounds a lot like most teams around North staff that does. Don't like each other, <laughs> don't like anyone else. We'll just turn up anyway. How are you, dude, Si? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. My other half put my cricket bag into the loft on the Sunday morning after the last game of the season, so I think she was glad to see the end of cricket season. But hopefully it'll come down out of the loft after Christmas, get ourselves into the cave. Always fun to try and bang it in short at the cave and <laughs> get a little bit of lift, make you feel like you can bowl a reasonable pace and then you rock up at Scott Hay in April and it's an absolute pudding. And it rolls across the floor. Doesn't it get above uh, shin height? It's a timely reminder that you play Div Seven cricket and you're not very good at cricket and you're not quick enough to ball short. <laughs> I am. Um, I always enjoy the cave. Spend all winter netting in there, thinking, "Wow, I, I can bat." And then I remember that the first game of the season is going to be slow and low. And yeah, the cave. I think the cave is what you'd call a very, very, very good road. Like the fucking M6 to bat on. So yeah, not not the um, not actually the best prep to then go and play around Stoke. I think it's fair to say. Not that I'm trying to get like get Pete out of selling his um, net net lane higher. I'm sure Peter'd be very upset with me. Right, we're here to talk all about the World Cup tonight. Obviously the Ashes is to come in eight weeks' time, but we'll leave that for a bit. We'll do a bit of white ball action and we'll talk all about the World Cup. Just a quick one though, before we do go on to the World Cup, I guess it is only fair we do mention the Ashes quickly. What did we make of the Ashes squad and the Lions squad? I'll go. Jim, I'm going to come to you first. I mean, I was more excited and interested in the Lions squad. The men's squad was boringly predictable. We picked a battery of right arm, tallish seam bowlers, which gives me PTSD flashbacks to <laughs> many, many Ashes series. I mean, it's essentially the same bowling attack, apart from we've got Robinson instead of Jake Ball, which is an upgrade. But what it will probably come down to with the men's men's team is, can we bat well enough? And the answer is probably not. Oh. <laughs> is, he, is Are we going to win? Probably not. Is it worth watching? I've got nothing better to do. But the Lions, the Lions squad, I like, the, you know, I really rate Tom Abel. I've, I've rated him for a long time. Looking at that team, Probably Carson Mahmood are the only ones I reckon will squeeze into the senior squad when you know we get drummed 3 0 and they decide, oh, what we actually need is a pace and bounce and something different. Um, but you know, other than that, happy for Bracey to get, get called back in. He was a bit shafted by the uh powers that be at the beginning of the season, and um, from a Sussex point, disappointed not to see Tom Haynes in there, but no, I quite like the um. The look of the Lions squad and uh, the warm-up games they play against the England boys should be a good watch. Yeah, I can't wait for that moment where Saqib Mahmood no doubt takes a five for in the in the warm-up game, and suddenly everyone's like, "Why and oh, why is he not in?" Meanwhile, the Saki train. Yeah. Meanwhile, we all then spend the first test watching as Steve Smith just piles on run after run after run, <laughs> painfully against Anderson and Broad. I think we all just know that's what's a, what's going to come. But what did you make of it, Si? Very similar to Jim. It, it's not very exciting, is it, really? It's it's the same, almost the same squad that went last year and failed, or well, last time, sorry, and failed. Yeah, it, it's that same bowling attack. It's just 80, 85 tops mile an hour bowling that's OK in English conditions. And it, we, we get out of jail in English conditions. But in Australia, it's it's just not going to be good enough it. We, I'd have loved to have seen Saki Mahmood in the squad. Um, 
it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that the likes of Archer and Stone are not going to be there because they are prime for this. I, I almost felt like this was our opportunity to to win the Ashes down under, having the likes of Stone and having the likes of Archer in the squad. But obviously they're injured and we don't have a lot of backup. It's it's just the same English condition bowling. So I don't really think we stand much of a chance. Um, Milan it, it, it is a good is a good pick for Australian conditions. He did well last time. I probably would have liked to have seen Vince in there. I know he's a bit of a controversial one, but he's proven that he can score runs in Australia, which is more than can be said for a lot of uh, a lot of the players in the squad. Um, I'm not sure how Zach Crawley's managed to get himself on the plane, but he's certainly got something over the the England selectors. But like like Jim said before, with the Lion squad, that looks it looks good. It looks good for the future. Um, it's good to see Parkinson in that squad. Um, I don't think I would have put him in the the main squad just because we've seen English leg spinners go to Australia and then never recover the likes. We didn't want Parkinson to become another Scott Borthwick or Mason Crane. Yeah, I think that's you boys are pretty well summed up. Uh, Zach Crawley, I think we'll be very glad that Mounty hasn't made it onto this. Um, this podcast tonight because I know Mounty has a real, real issue with the fact that Zach Crawley is um, back in. In fact, I think he has just an issue with the fact that Zach Crawley still can even considered, if I'm totally honest. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a shame we're missing the two fast, fast out and out fast bowlers that we saw with Pinder Hopes on in Archer and Stone. And obviously Stokes is a big miss, although I think he has decided just to release. The Instagram videos just to give everyone a little bit of hope, Auntie Jim, just to just to give you hope that at two 0 down he's going to appear and say, "Fuck this shit, I'm 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 doing this on my own." Mate, Saint Stokes is going to turn up on his cape, three <laughs> two 0 <two> down. <coughs> it, you know, as soon as he steps off the plane, give us the urn. It's coming on. <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter. I don't care if he's had no warm up. But, you know, he can knock out everybody, every homophobe going. Just go out there, do your thing. You know, it's going to be amazing. He's just going to save the day. He is. And then he'll probably go off into the sunset and go on Big Brother or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, it's coming home. I mean, if, if he comes, we're basically going to win every game he plays. So if he goes out there for the whole thing, it's 5 0 England. It's coming home, boys. <laughs> Oh dear, I enjoy the belief and I I must admit I did notice earlier that the great cricketer are loving talking about 5-0 but the one thing they have not mentioned is the fact that Ben Stokes is, is now back in training as if as if there is that little bit of worry there that, that they don't want to admit that oh actually if he was available shit, shit maybe we would struggle a little bit more but I'll be honest I'll be surprised if Stokes does turn up I would love him too but I think it'd be a big risk for him long-term as well as short-term, and I just don't see see it happening. Right, let's let's leave the depressing Red Bull stuff behind because it seemed like a feature of the whole podcast for the previous 35 episodes as I was talking about how shit we are against the Red Bull, but how good we are against the White Bull. So the World Cup starts properly, if we're being honest, on Saturday. Obviously, it did technically start last weekend with the qualifiers, Obviously, first person or first team to qualify today was Sri Lanka after they managed to beat Ireland. But we'll talk about England first because, let's be honest, I'm assuming, although we do have the odd random listener in the Caribbean and Asia, I'm sure most people are going to be thinking about England. So what did you boys make of the World Cup squad? Obviously, the squad is 
the same as when it was announced other than we have now got Tom Curran instead of Sam Curran. I'll be honest, a bit of a downgrade in my books. Um, but what do we actually make of the squad? Do we think there's any glaring omissions other than Alex Hales? Who? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, according to England, he doesn't exist, does he? doesn't even get a mention. No, I never heard of him, mate. Um, I can't think of any glaring omissions. The squad pretty much picks itself. You're missing, you know, Stokes, Archer and Sam Curran. With those three in the squad, then there is a bit more room for debate on who does or doesn't, you know, get in. But it it picks itself, really, and the team almost does as well. It's just who you want to carry the drinks for you. Well, yeah, and we'll, I'm sure we'll, in a minute we'll discuss all about that. Anyone that you would have liked to have seen in sight? Um, I'm pretty happy with what they've gone gone with. It's just going to be your, your debate whether you you play Milan or you don't play Milan. Obviously, world's number one T20 batsman, as we keep getting told by every commentator that's ever commented on the game. But does he suit this England team, the way that they play? Um, he, he does start slowly. Is he going to have time to catch up? Do the wickets suit him? I don't know. Um feel like we're maybe one spinner short. Maybe it would have been nice to see Parkinson in the squad. I know we've got Dawson as a backup, but it's quite uninspiring, really. Um, but you want to 11. It, it, it's going to be there or thereabouts, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's still a strong squad. Obviously, the three mentioned by Jim there, they, they, they're going to make a difference. You can't try and lie about the fact. Archer's probably, if not the best fast bowler in T20 cricket, so you want him in there if you can. Obviously, we can't. Stokes, I think he, he is someone whose position would have been massively up for debate, but you, you wouldn't say no to having him in the squad. And I think Sam Curran was probably very, very likely to be a starter. Um, but actually, I think is possibly the most replaceable of the three, just because of the fact I really rate David Welly. Uh, so, lineups. Going to come to you with a few different players. I just want to hear where you think they should be or whether they shouldn't be at all. And I'm going to start with the main man himself, the skipper, Owen Morgan. Came out yesterday, admitted that he would more than happily sit on the bench if that's what helps England win the World Cup. Would he be on the bench for you, Si? Tough one. His captaincy is brilliant and there's no doubt in that. The way he captained uh, KKR and almost got them over the line was great. He rotated his spinners really, really well throughout the whole tournament. He's probably the best captain in white ball cricket. But with the strength and depth and the power that that England side have, I don't think you can afford for him to be batting seven, obviously not bowling, and just in the team <laughs> captain. Can he give the same messages from the side? I, I think he can. So for me, I can under, I, he will play. For me, he, he, he will play. But for me, probably not. He's, I've seen it again in the warm-up game today. What's he got? 11 off 12, something similar? Yeah, not, not doing great. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so for me, I wouldn't play him, but I think he will. Jim, are you going to disagree or agree with that one? No, I'll pick him. Uh, look, I'm a guy, I, I don't like going off stats. I'm not clever enough to understand them. I go I go off my gut. And Morgan's arguably our greatest ever white ball batsman. He's certainly up there. He's England's greatest captain of all time, regardless of format. He's been in and out of form loads of times. He's a streaky player. I don't want to go into a World Cup without him in the team. And I, I do think there's a play. 
I think because his captaincy is so good and so important to the, the team that he's got, I think you can have him at seven as a specialist batsman captain. I, I think that you've got six enough strong batsmen ahead of him that you can almost say anything that Morgan gets is, is a luxury and that his role is to be there on the pitch when the pressure's on, he's ice cool. And I, I, that, that's, what you've got, that's what you've got to ask of him. And um, I think he'll be fine. I do. I understand that he's in absolutely dreadful form, but, you know, it's a World Cup. We're already missing Stokes and Archer. And I want one of my big guns out there. And um, Morgan's one of those big guns. Right, so... We're disagreeing on the first player, so I've got a feeling after both saying these 11s, the 11s sorted, this could be quite interesting. Moving on to David Milan, I'm going to let Jim go first on David Milan. I think it's fair to say he might be the world's number one T20 batsman, but his form has also been pretty poor for the last 12 months. I think I saw he averaged about 20. I think we all know he has issues with his strike rate early on, as he has done in the two warm-up games. What are we thinking? Are we are we getting him in, Jim, or are we leaving him, leaving him to run oh. drinks? Um, Christ. I mean, he's been. I know he's not been very good over the last twelve months, and he's sort of become world number one because no one else was really playing at the time, and he was getting runs. But I don't fancy him on these pitches, and. You've got to remember the fact that this World Cup was supposed to be in Australia. And if it's in Australia, I back him. And that's why he was getting picked. But then the World Cup got moved. And really, the best person probably to bat at number three in a World T20 in this part of the world is probably Joe Root. But they've not been able to pick him. <laughs> because they've, they've been thinking, Australia, big boundaries, flat decks, bit of pace on it where you can play catch-up. Milan's a shoe-in, but, I mean, Joe Root, number three, is another bowling option. He did really well in the last World T20 in India. But Root's not in the squad, is he? So, yeah, i start with Milan. Si, are we agreeing? Would you keep Milan I, in there? I'm agreeing with Jim there that I would pick Root if he was in the squad. I think it's interesting to see that Root is now put himself in the in the hat for the IPL auction next year. And I think if he'd have played in this year and done reasonably well, he'd have been in the squad and probably in the team. But after I've just said I wouldn't play Morgan, I'm not left with a lot of choice. I'm, I'm just looking down the squad. I'm at, you're either going with your Vince or possibly Sam Billings, who scored a few runs in the warm-up game. So mm, possibly Billings, but... I think I am going to have to go with David Milan, but he doesn't really play the way that England are going to want to play. But there again, we're not we're, we're looking like those pitches are not going to be 200 plus. Maybe 160 will be enough, and Milan can play that anchoring innings, and the other players can play around him and score quickly. I've got to say, so I'm going to have to go with him. Yeah. I've got to say, sorry, I think Milan will probably be so much handier in the second innings than he will in the first innings. If we're yeah. chasing 140, yeah. 150, he could be so, so keen. But then on those decks, mate, you want to get off to a fast start. And you, I don't back him to play catch up if we're trying to set a score. It's, if we could do substitutes, <laughs> you know, you'd have. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? You'd have him in the second innings every time. But You um, want the big bash rules. That's what you want. I, I love the big bash rules. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Get a sub in. Have an extra bit of power play. Why not? So, at the moment, we've got. it seems that we've got Milan in. Morgan, with 50 on. Someone who I think is guaranteed to start on Saturday against the Windies purely because of sort of their lineup and the matchups that England love is Moeen. Now, a lot of people in the stat side of the game have suggested that Moeen really should be the number three for England because of where, where the World Cup is. I think if he was in Australia, no one would be asking for him to be number three. But because we're in the UAE, there's a lot of talk about Moeen. Does he start for both of you? And if he does, does he does he go as high as sort of that top four or five or does he still keep that roll down at six or seven? I'll let you go, Si. Yeah, um, I think personally I probably bat- would bat him at three, especially if we're batting first. He's in the warm game today, but he, he scored runs in the last one. He got 40-odd off 20-odd balls. That's the kind of innings you need, batting first. Um, he needs to exploit that that first six. It looks an awful lot easier to bat in the first six or even in the first ten than it does in the back ten. So, yeah, I would have him. I think his bowling is going to be absolutely crucial. I think I saw a stat today that West Indies were against um, Afghanistan and Nabi bowling is right arm off spinner taking something daft like three for three. Lots of left-handers in that West Indies team. I think his bowling is crucial and his batting is going to be crucial. I think he could be our player of the tournament. I'm going to put it out there. Oh, big shout. Jim, where would you have Moeen or would you risk going without him? I do like the idea of Moeen at three and it would be very, very much on trend with England in the World Cup to drop David Milan at the last minute, stick Moeen up and for it to go tits up. Be very much on trend. <laughs> and we do <laughs> and like, like being like on I- brand. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it would end up being another notch in my PTSD bed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I leave him where he is, mate. He, I, I'm, you know, I, I've had my criticisms of Moeen. It's been more towards red ball cricket, but in white ball cricket and the last, you know, in the last year or so, he just seems to be able to come in and just whack fours and sixes as soon as he gets in. And down the order, with him and Livingston, that is so handy, having two guys that can come in and just tee off straight away. You know, you, you don't want to use up all your big guns at the top of the order. You do need to balance the batting lineup out. I think Bairstow's power in the middle order and then with Moeen and Livingston and Morgan to come after that. I don't move Moeen. And, and I agree, his bowling's going to be massive out there. It's going to be huge. Him and Adil are going to be bowling a lot of overs and they're going to be bowling a lot of important overs that's some big batsmen. So I think he's going to have a massive tournament. I think um, I think he's just about where he wants to be with his cricket at the moment as well. He's binned off the, the test match stuff. I don't blame him. And I think he's got his focus right and I think he's going to have a massive tournament. Here. I hope so. I think everyone who's ever seems to have spoken about or to Moeen seems to be big fans of him and say he's a great bloke. I noticed you missed off, of course, our new third spinner, Livingston. Obviously got Virat out, got got the goat out. So I mean got the King Coley out. I mean Lip Livo with his absolutely filth leggies and off spinners. I mean in reality it sounds stupid, but he is the sort of bowler that I can see taking not many wickets, but some big surprising wickets. 
Yeah, yeah. he sort of bowls that skiddy under the back type of spin. I mean, it it is what it is. It's filth. If you bowled it on a Saturday down down the club, it'd be filth. But because it's on a T20 and everyone's trying to guess what you're doing and whack you out the grounds and you get a little bit of luck, you look a little bit better than you are and you go for a few mil in the IPL. But I, yeah, it, the other thing about Livingston, all jokes aside, he just seems to always be up for it. He doesn't seem to be phased by the occasion at all. And he's got a bit about him. I, I really like I really like Livingston. Really like him. Yeah, hopefully he'll bowl his, uh, his um, spin, inverted commas, um, in the middle overs. Because I, I think they experimented with opening the bowling with him today and it didn't go particularly well. I think he went for about 14 in that one solitary first over the the innings so uh yeah i think he'll do a job in the in 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 the middle overs when you've got more fielders out but i think asking him to do a job when there's two fielders out when the batsmen are going to want to score in these first six it's much much easier to bat there i think he's asking an awful lot of him so don't mind moeen opening the bat uh, opening the bowling sorry um especially if there's left-handers at the crease but i wouldn't be opening the bowling with livingston yeah i think that I think I think that would be a step too far for Livo, to be fair. And I wouldn't have him down as an opening bowler. If we just look quickly at the pace bowlers, obviously we know Adam Rashid's going to play. We know he's going to start. We all know he's the main man. Who, though, do you pick as our pace battery? Obviously, you haven't got the option of Stokes in that top order. Yeah, you've got Livingston and Moeen in there that probably constitute one of your bowlers between them. You've got Adam Rashid, but you still need... Three bowlers, at least, possibly four, depending on what lineup you want to go with. Who are you picking as them as them bowlers? I'm going to let Jim, because I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Jim is going to mention <laughs> Tim R. Mills, seeing as he is a Sussex boy. Yeah, don't know what would give that away, but yeah, my three seamers are Willie, Jordan, traitor, and uh, yeah, I. If Tamar Mills is fit, he plays. If not, you go with Mark Wood, don't you, for that skiddy pace. But, um, yeah, you, I'd, I'd open up with Willie and Mills. You've got CJ who can come on afterwards in the middle and the death. Um, and you've got Tamar Mills who... It, it, it's a tough pick between him and Wood, but I just think that he's got a bit more about him. He's got you know the slower balls and the cutters... And also, he's quicker than Woods as well, which is very, very hard going. And Sai, what? Who would you go with? Would you agree or? I would agree. I think I'd go with Mills as well, but I don't think they will. I think I think we'll go about four for today, so I think that might just about cement his place in the team. And with the fact that if if Wood does play, which I assume he will do, I think they'll then go Willie because I do think they like having a left arm, at least one left arm option. It kind of covers all bases, doesn't it, there? So I would go with CJ, um, Mark Wood and David Willey. Question for you, and I'm, Jim is now allowed to jump on this, seeing as, as he just said, he is a traitor. Uh, <laughs> CJ, Chris Jordan, don't get me wrong, I would say possibly the best athlete I've seen on a cricket pitch. Bowling-wise, has struggled quite a bit alongside Tom Curran. I think the pair of them have sort of two of the worst economies going in T20 cricket in terms of internationals of late. He's had a bad couple of days in these warm-ups. Do we think he'll turn it on when it comes to the big tournament? Or is is he someone who actually, despite being ever-present, literally 
ever present at all times. Is actually is there a chance that a bit like I guess almost a bit like Willie did in the the twenty nineteen World Cup, he was an ever present really. Came down to and Moe and Ali another came down to the actual tournament. Soon, soon found themselves dropped on the basis that actually there was a there was a possibly a better option out there. Con Jamal Ali. Yeah, I do think out of all the bowlers, he probably is the most vulnerable. But Morgan does absolutely love him, doesn't he? Yeah. Morgan loves Chris Jordan. And I've seen him play a lot at Sussex. He is one of those guys where, you know, I, I, I've known him to be slapped about in second team cricket, you know, second uh, team county cricket before. But again, he's one of those guys. He's been all over the world and played it. He's got all these appearances under his belt. He's got all the experience. And again, he's another one. I, I back him. I, I back him in a tough game. I really do. But if he's not got a set target to defend, that's when he seems to struggle from the games I've watched. If you say, if, if you chuck him the ball and say, defend 14 here, mate, nine times out of 10, he'll do it. But it's in the first innings of a match. He has a habit of overthinking it, and he can be quite predictable. Um, so yeah, I play him hundred percent and see how the tournament goes. But I mean, if the other option out there is Tom Curran, <laughs> Chris Chris Jordan's going to have to really, really stink the gaff out to, <laughs> to get out the team. I'm sorry, you know, nothing against Tom Curran, but you know, he's just very much new model Jay Dernback 2.0. <laughs> so, si, what are you um, thinking, Jordan? Um, yeah, I think his economy rate is a little bit skewed in the fact that he does bowl the death overs. He bowls those horrible overs that are always going to go for a lot of runs. He may, and maybe his average is brought down because of that, because you're going to pick up wickets, but you're also going to go for a lot of runs. I think in the World Cup, the, the likes of um, Moeen lost his place because Archer came in and nicked his place, and there's no arguing about that. Whereas there's no Joffre Archer, new kid on the block to come and nick that place. It is that choice between a Tom Curran, who I don't really, um, Jordan or Wokes. Now, before the warm-up games, I may have been tempted with Wokes. He looked really, really good against Sri Lanka. He's been when when we played them at home. I know it was an absolutely garbage Sri Lanka side. Um, and he looked pretty decent in the IPSL as well, but he took a bit of tap today, and I don't think he was particularly great in the first warm-up game as well. So I think he, he just about gets gets the the nod there, Jordan. But he'd be looking over his shoulders. I would have thought. Yeah, I think I think CJ's sort of nailed on to start. It is just really a case of whether his performance is keeping him there. Which, as you say, I, I think they will. Maybe. There will be questions along the way, but I don't think there's any question throwing Morgan, which I guess is all that really, really matters when it comes down to it. Last bit on England before we bore everyone to death about them. Just a quick one. What would you say is England's biggest weakness going into this World Cup? What What are you most worried about? Uh, let's say you, you can have first dabs at this one. Well, like I alluded to before, I think they're they're missing maybe one spinner, um, unless you play Dawson. I think <laughs> it would be good to have someone like a Parkinson in the squad as well to see what the pitch is like. I'm not sure anybody's sure what it's going to look like, how much the Jew's going to play a factor. 
And also probably, obviously, you're missing your likes of Stokes, you're missing your likes of Archer, possibly Stone. But at the moment, carrying a player and carrying Morgan as captain, yeah, he's brilliant captain. We said it before. But as a batsman, we are carrying him at the moment. Jim, what what do you think as the Morgan fan? Yeah, I, like I said, I'm not worried about Morgan. For me, the things that I'm worried about from a fan's point of view, obviously, we're playing Australia, and I don't care how shit they are at the moment and how all over the place they are. They they beat us in every World Cup. Even in the World Cup we won a couple of years ago, they batted us at Lord. So, you know, I, I feel a little bit better today than I have done recently. Netherlands are at the tournament. That's a massive, massive tick in the box for England. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Van Boren lives in my head rent-free. You know, I wake up screaming his name at times. So the fact that the Netherlands are out of the World Cup, in a, you know, it's good news. So if I'm being serious, my concerns are the pitches and the depth in the bowling. You can't expect some Mills to play every game. I don't think I know he got wickets today, but I, 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 I can see Wood going around the park more often than not. A name that we haven't mentioned today is Chris Wokes, which I was surprised because I thought I had the very contrarian view that he's not actually that good at C twenty bowler. I thought I was going to have to come on here and you know really really fight my corner. Um, so yeah, the pitches and the bowling are my concerns, but other than that, I, I think we're we're nailed on. I think we, we've got most bases covered. I think we're good to go. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. Obviously, Archer is is a big, not a weakness, but obviously missing him, it makes makes a big difference to to our lineup. But I don't think there's anything that screams out. There's there's people not in for the best form, but we've seen it before. People can be in masses of form running up to a tournament and then fall off the edge of a cliff as soon as it starts and it can work the opposite way around so I don't think that's anything to worry about yet I think if three games in we've still got Morgan hasn't it to run Milan hasn't it to run and CJ's going around the park that then I'm then I'm concerned but I'm I'm not going to be concerned till it all kicks in so obviously there's going to be 11 other teams competing against England to to win the World Cup but we've already got some, well, they call it the group stage. I think everyone really calls it the qualifiers. I think that's the, the best way of looking at it. Um, it's sort of the, the ICC's really shit way of trying to expand the tournament. So it's not just 12 teams in a World Cup. You know, I mean, the world bit. Um, last time I checked, there's more than 12 countries in the world. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe India, the Indian superpowers and I, the ICC have a little better grasp of geography than me. Looking quickly at the qualifiers, Sri Lanka have qualified. Scotland, despite winning two out of two games, actually are still a little bit of a debate whether they will qualify because net run rate. Um, Papua New Guinea are out, Netherlands are out. So it's looking like he, the winner of Ireland and Namibia will go through. And then it's anyone's guess really because Scotland have got a have got to really do well in their last game to make sure they go through. They should do, but you never really know. 
Um, and then obviously Oman and Bangladesh have both got a good, still a good chance of going through. Who, who's impressed you from the qualifiers so far? I'll only let Jim go purely because I've got a feeling he's going to have lots to say on a few of these. I mean, the most impressive team has been Scotland, not just in, in the games they've, they've won, but the way they conduct themselves, you know, interrupting media <laughs> press conferences, singing national anthems, you know, turning up in purple lids. They, it, they've actually been really, really impressive. I, I, I thought they'd qualify. I didn't see them beating Bangladesh at all. Like, I mean, they were 53 for six and they absolutely pissed it in the end. <laughs> you know, Ireland took me by surprise. I, I thought Ireland would struggle. Uh, and Sri Lanka, have, you know, I've got egg on my face because when I was thinking about what I was going to say about each team's, I've written, you know, many thorough notes and points. And, but with Sri Lanka, I've just put useless, don't bother. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, Sri Lanka have, have done me because I was the one saying, yeah, I, I, I don't think Sri Lanka will qualify. I think Ireland and Holland will. And then the Netherlands are out and Sri Lanka have qualified. So anyone listening here, don't, don't take any of my um, advice when it comes to betting on this World Cup. I think that's fair to say. Si, anyone impressed you? Yeah, remembering what um, Jim said, really. Scotland, really, really good. I, I for one, did thought they were absolutely dreadful when they were 53 for six. I thought, no chance. I've absolutely bottled this because Bangladesh aren't a great side. And then they turned it around. Uh, yeah, the all-rounder scored scored some quick runs, then took a couple of wickets, and they, they managed to see out in the end. Uh, so that was pretty impressive. But like you said before, Sri Lanka, when they, when they played in England in those T20s, it, it was embarrassing. They were absolutely dreadful. It looked like... And I should get this reference in a Tolbert Cup when yeah. the Premier League side has been drawn against like a Div 3, Div 4 side. It, it just looked like Memby boys. They'd, they'd look like they'd never face pace like it. And then I know the conditions are a bit different, but yeah, they've, they've, they've looked an awful lot better because they looked absolutely clueless. Hatharanga is a very good player, a very good player. I think he got 70 odd today and he, his leg spin's really good. He's one of the best spinners <coughs> in the world, I would say. So I think... I don't think that any of the teams that have come through the group stage qualifiers, whatever you want to call it, will challenge the top end. I don't think any of them will reach the semi-finals, but it is a bit of a, I don't know, middle finger up to some of the ICC that that, that these these countries can play cricket and it's decent cricket. There's there's some there's some decent players. There's some very decent players. Some players that have represented other countries at World Cups that are that are doing well. Yeah, I think um, that's one thing to mention. There's definitely a few cast-offs of the the main eight, we say, that have reappeared. But I don't mind that. I can't lie. I quite enjoy seeing the fact that they're getting another go at it and that it's it's expanding cricket around the world. I'm hoping that there'll be a couple of these teams that pull off a shock in the group stage. I just hope it doesn't involve England, obviously. We've, we've had enough of them in the past and we don't want to repeat, do we, Jim? God, no, please. <laughs> I'm I'm barely sleeping as it is. If we get turned out, if I, I do tell I tell you now, if Scotland end up in the same group as Australia, put the mortgage on Scotland beating Australia. Yeah, I would quite fancy that. But yeah, I I don't know if I could face another 2011 in Bangalore against Ireland. I don't know if I could face <laughs> another 2018 at the Grange against Scotland, especially on the world stage. So. <laughs> just give us 
give us Bangladesh, you know, even though Bangladesh knocked us out of the 2015 World Cup, so what am I talking about? <laughs> I mean, apart from one, we've really, really shit the bed in every single World Cup, haven't we? <laughs> Even yeah. Sri Lanka beat us in the uh, 2019 World Cup, so we've got not got many teams oh. that haven't. Oh, they <laughs> yeah. did, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they almost we... knocked us out of the World Cup. But we won. We won. It. We won. That's all that I need to remember about that. Quick one, uh, because I think everyone has been more interested in this than the actual players. Uh, who is your favourite kit out of the ones that have appeared in the qualifiers so far? And now I'm going to point out there now. Papua New Guinea's as wank and as the worst one. <laughs> I don't like it. It reminds me of a really, really bad, shitty, like Chinese knockoff table tennis shirt. Just don't like it. Can't, can't lie. Jim, I feel like you're going to be. I mean, you're going to talk a lot about purple. I feel now, but which one d- does it for you? Well, number one's got to be the retro New Zealand, isn't it? That's that is the best. That is the best kit going in cricket at the moment. I'm it a is real good. Bit of um, yeah, Scotland deciding suddenly to embrace the colour purple because the country's got nothing else going for them. Good luck to them, you know. They do look good. Um, I absolutely love the green South Africa kit as well, the one that pays like homage to the, the tribes and that that used to roam about. Um, Pakistan have got a nice kit, but yeah, they're nice. This kit's got to be the retro New Zealand, doesn't it? It just makes you feel safe. Yeah, it is very, um, very safe vibes from it. And I think it just helps that it's a country that no one can hate. That's the, the, the bit about it. I think if Australia came out on that, I would still find a reason to say it was shit. But because it's New Zealand... It'd be shit because it'd be yellow. Well, yeah, true. Canary <laughs> yellow is wank. No offence to anyone who sports Norwich, but... To wank, wank, Luke. Norwich, a wank. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> si, whose kit would you go for other oh, than the New obvious Zealand. New Zealand? Like you say, they're everyone's second team, but that kit is smart, isn't it? It's lovely. So, we'll move away from the kits, because obviously, sadly, that doesn't decide who wins the World Cup. But that's probably a good thing for England, because actually, having originally liked England's kit, I think it's quite low down now. I think it's, it, it, it's struggling against some of them. <clears throat> looking ahead at the team, so obviously there's not much point talking through the ones we've already done in the qualifiers. Looking into England's group, we have first up Australia. I think everyone expects them to just turn it around. It's a World Cup. Australia always do well, even when they shit in World Cups. They're like the opposite of England. We can be doing really well. We turn up to World Cup, we fall on our arse. That's what we do. But this is surely the worst Australian white ball side going into a World Cup that we have seen. What do you think, Si? What What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? Um, I'd say who's, strengths. Who's going to do it? Yeah, I'd say strengths. Maxwell, great form. He's got he, he's got the potential <coughs> to hit a hundred, like a, a forty ball hundred. But I don't think there's many others that that can. Uh, Warner looks absolutely dreadful. Which is really disappointing. I'm sure we're all really disappointed to see him get a duck the other day. To to um, I was, world there was a tear. There was a tear coming. Honest, honest. Honestly, it couldn't joy. happen to a nicer guy, could it? Couldn't happen yeah, to a nicer absolutely. guy. Absolutely. <laughs> and bowling wise, they've got coming start class acts, but not a lot else. You look at your teams like England; they've got all bases covered. Whereas Australia have got a couple of standout players in your Maxwell's coming start. Not a lot else. 
Jim, they lost to Bangladesh. They did lose to Bangladesh. But then, to be fair, I think everyone lost to Bangladesh in Bangladesh because the they, were, they were playing on Prestatin Beach by the looks of it. I mean, take some doing. Uh, Jim, what did you make of the Aussies' chances? I mean, we all want them to absolutely suck ass, don't we? Let's be honest. We want them to be wank, but are they really going to be wank? I'm going to go against history. I'm going to go against my inner voice, and I'm going to say that they'll be lucky to win more than one game this tournament. Oh. I am going against all logic, all the, the memories that have marred me throughout my childhood. They're talented. There's talent in that squad, but they're just an absolute shambles at the moment. I mean, we, we've all seen the post that Justin Langer put out about how he's never going to, well, about how you should never change who you are, which he put that up after what, two days after having a meeting with the players saying that he was going to change? Yeah. That's an odd one. Langer's That's a clown, isn't one. he? He really is. I'll tell you who would do a really good job with that Australia team, but they'll never hire him, would be Trevor Bayliss. He would get that Australia yeah. team going, yeah. but they'll, they'll never do it because he won a World Cup with England, and it's uh, more for them, to be honest. Justin Langer's just a David Brent. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's yeah. absolutely It's all about brilliant. him. All about him. Uh, on the documentary, when he said... I don't. I, I never went to Harvard, but I employ a lot of people who did. That's a Brentism. That is a Brentism. <laughs> it is a big one as well. It is. So, but they're, they're all over the place. I mean, other than I think Zampa will do very well. But other than Zampa, Finch, Maxwell, Sark, Cummins, you can't really put a, a good bet on any of the players doing well. I mean, does Steve Smith get into the team? For you guys, because I think they're missing. I the hope so. Not picking. I hope so as an I, English I, fan, because he'll score forty off forty and lose them in the game. I think they're really missing a trick by not having Marnus Lavashane at three playing that role and bowling some part-time leg spin like he does for the Heat in the big match. But I mean, they've got those four or five players that you know are going to start. The rest of them, they can just pull out of a hat or chuck shit against a wall. I don't know how they pick their teams. <laughs> I don't think Justin Langer does either. That's one of the other worries. <laughs> So we're writing off the Aussies, which is brilliant, yep. and I pray we're right. Uh, South Africa, actually, I'd written them off probably six months ago, but as it gets nearer and nearer, I'm starting to fancy them a little bit as a dark horse. They took on another potential dark horse today in Pakistan, beat them, um, mainly thanks to Rassi van der Dussen, who I think finished with over 100, not out of around 51 balls. Fair not from Rassi, you can't argue with that. You look at the IPL, you talk about how Nokia and Rabada have been two of the pick the best bowlers in there, the best fast bowlers. They've technically got T20's number one bowler in there as well. They've got probably seven really good players. You've got the likes of De Kock in there, you've still got Adrian Markham in there. But have they got enough as a side? What do we reckon, Jim? Again, I'm going against history. And all the things that have happened beforehand. I think they're going to do really well this tournament. I think they've got as good a bowling lineup as anyone. You know, Rabada, Norkia, absolute gas. Shamsi will will spin it and confuse people with left arm wrist spin. De Kock's probably the the best T20 keeper back going. He probably him or Butler. Oh, Bairstow and Butler will be furious. You can't say Bairstow doesn't keep wicket. True. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's the cock or butler, isn't it? Yes, but, um, absolutely. You know, Van der Dussen, he's got a really annoying punchable face, but he's a decent back. <laughs> and I've got to give a shout out to um, Heine Klaassen. He was um, overseas at my old club. Um, he's, he's, he's done well. He, he got runs against England a couple of years ago. I mean, they'll probably get to the semi-finals and then choke against Scotland or something. <laughs> but um, they are my, they're my number one dark horse of the tournament. Just because they're, they're bowling. Rabada and Norkia, they could have any team 30 for three, 30 for four at the end of a power play. Agree or disagree, side. I agree, yeah, course. absolutely. No, they're two of the best T20 <laughs> fast bowlers in the world. You've got Quinton de Kock at the top of the order. You've got Van der Dusten, who's clearly in really good form. You've got the likes of Miller down the order, who, although he's unpredictable and will go three or four games without scoring any runs, he's got the potential to hit 70 off 30, 40 balls. I think they've got pretty much all bases covered, like you say, with Shamsi as well. It's, it's a pretty strong team, really, isn't it? I'm going to make one comment, though. If you add Imran Tia and Faf, to, Faf in there, does does that make, and of course, AB, we can add AB in as well. If you add them three to those seven names we've already mentioned, do they go from being dark horses to being genuine top three or four contenders in the tournament? Absolutely, no, they're yeah. South, no, they're South Africa in a world tournament. They can never be genuine contenders. They <laughs> <laughs> like just can't. Yeah. As long as they remember to run if they need one to win rather than just stand on the ground. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Uh, last group team currently confirmed in England's group as West Indies. We take them on, on at the weekend. It's how we open up our tournament. I'm going to put it out there. The West Indies should be in the top three teams to win it. But I just don't think they are because of the selections that they keep making. I mean, I understand they want to make cricket a bit more professional. So they're not picking Sunil Narayan because, well, I mean, he just doesn't look like a cricketer, let's be totally honest. And I, I'm not in the slightest bit surprised he failed the bleep test. However, Chris Gale failed the bleep test and you pick him. So why are you not picking possibly the most informed pl- player in T20 cricket in the world at the moment? And Sunil Narayan, I just don't, I don't see the logic. Is there any logic there, Sai? No, no, Narayan has to play. There's some baffling selections there. I I couldn't believe it when I looked down the list and I saw Ravi Rampal, who'd just been plucked from like 2016 to come and play for them. I saw him about three or four years ago playing for Derbyshire and he has put some timber on, so I don't know how he's passed the the, the checkers on. I don't think Holder's, he's either not in, I don't think Holder's in the squad. Um, Shane Thomas is a reserve. I don't know how they're below Ravi Rampal. And Chris Gale, I... This is a controversial one, maybe, but I think he hinders the team. I think they have got enough players that could bat in the top six. Yes, hit the ball out the ground, but also get the singles. It's six or nothing with Gale. And he's a slow starter as well. Gale's quite often two off eight. And yeah, he may go on and get 50 off 30, but there's a lot of big lad. He's a liability in the field. Personally, I wouldn't pick Chris Gale with the players that they could have picked. I wouldn't. Too many dot balls. Too many dot balls. Jim. Thing with thing with Chris Gale, well, Chris Gale essentially has to have the perfect game every time he plays for them. Otherwise, he's just, you know, hogging the strike. He's not getting the quick singles. He's limbering about in the field. So, yeah, he's he's basically just got to hit a boundary every ball. Otherwise, he's just costing his team 
at every moment. Um, the selections are strange, although the Sun and Orion one, I think it's got more to do with the ICC being a bit stricter on bent elbows than the IPL are. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong and with a good chucker. No, mate, I fully endorse it. I fully endorse <laughs> it. But, the, you know, the ICC, they, they don't. And this, this bleep test or whatever it was, I heard that he hadn't even turned up for it. But again, <laughs> again, like, the guy's mustard. You've got to pick him. And th- these bleep tests are annoying because they can't be universal because in what world does Paul Sterling pass a bleep test to <laughs> an acceptable degree? Um, it's, it's strange. I think they've hindered themselves with the selections, but I think you'd look at their batting. I think they just basically bat themselves to chase anything that anyone sets them. They've just got ridiculous power going all the way down. Uh, I, I think they just back themselves to take the pitches out of the equation and chase anything. Yeah, and I think that is always going to be the way, isn't it? They're, they are very much, we will just power through, which is, I, I can't argue, is understandable when you look at their team, but I just I just think Narine missing is going to end up being a big, big mistake. Going into Group 2, uh, another possible dark horse, Afghanistan. Any views on Af- Afghanistan more than, I guess, most people will just go, wow, Rashid Khan, Mami Nabi. But is there anything else there? Do you think there's enough there to... I think, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe pull off a shock, beat a New Zealand, maybe even beat a Pakistan. But are they, are they really going to be contenders for, for qualifying? I'm going to let you have a go there, Jim, because, again... I guess Rashid Khan, Sussex boy. Yeah, he's one of our own, Rashid Khan. <laughs> um, I can't see Afghanistan doing anything. I mean, they've got some good spin bowlers. I can see him defending a total, but I don't think they've got the baton to put any big totals up or chase anything of su- substance. Um, they know the, the conditions well that they're going to be playing in, but I, I just don't see any depth in their batting to really worry anyone. Yeah, I think that's that's always going to be their issue. Batting, in reality, Rashid Khan's probably also one of their best batsmen, which in reality, is, isn't going to be enough. And We love a helicopter, but... He is the worst-looking professional batsman I have ever seen. But <laughs> I have seen him hit cut shots for six that barely go a foot off the ground about five times. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, he, he likes to disobey the laws of physics, I swear, whenever I watch him bat. And I want to hear if his wrists and elbows don't dislocate. It's utterly beyond me. Uh, but as you say, entertaining. Entertaining nonetheless. Uh, looking on into, I guess, one of the favourites or the favourites for the tournament, India. There's a bit of talk about they've got the players to do it, but can they select the right 11? Can the tactics be right to to actually win the whole thing, win the tournament. What what do you reckon, Si? They've got a brilliant lineup. The squad's great. All bases are covered. They're, they're clear favourites for me. Um, I thought the 188 that England put on the board was going to be massive. There was no way they were going to chase it. And in the end, they chased it with ease. Even one of the batsmen retired. So, yeah, really comfortable. The only saving grace is that hopefully Virat Kohli will open or bat three and do a bit of a Steve Smith and score... 35 off 35 and waste some balls. But if if the likes of Pant and Pandia and 
Raul faced a decent amount of balls. That I can't see them scoring any less than 180 any game. The bowling attack's really good as well. Chami looks a really good T20 bowler. Obviously, they've got the likes of Bumra, you've got the spinners. You've got Ashwin to Mancad if it's all going wrong. Yeah. It, really it pains me to say, but it's it's a very, very, very good side. Very yeah, good side. I, I do wonder if maybe selection is where it's going to become interesting to them. Um, you're looking, obviously, at like Ishan Kishan, how he isn't a guaranteed starter shows obviously their depth but also maybe shows that people are maybe getting in on name and not necessarily on actual form Jim what do we make of, of India do you think they are England's biggest threat do you think they are the real the real favourites in this tournament or is Jim froze Jim looks like he's he's frozen I would add that that Hardik Pandya is a good cricketer but I don't think he's good enough to play in that Indian team as a batsman alone <coughs> Yeah, I think he's, yeah, I think um, he plays as a sick ball that can bowl a couple of overs and gets in the side. But just as a batsman alone, the likes of Krishan and um, Yadav are, are much better purely batting options. Yeah, I think he has definitely um, been selected on the basis that he does. He gives them that extra option that they maybe don't don't have um, otherwise. And I think that's maybe their weakness compared to to an England. England have probably seven bowling options depending if they pick as expected or what they could pick you, you look at India they're probably going to have to pick five bowlers because they have they, they, yeah they, they lack a natural all-rounder or even a batsman who can just turn their arm over a little bit while we wait for Jim to unfreeze touch wood hopefully although it's, it's a lovely fetching freezing moment I mean it's better than some <laughs> of the times I've seen Jono freeze on it uh, New Zealand feel like they're a team that no one is really considering which I think is possibly quite understandable in the sense that they've got they've got good players but no one that necessarily you think would massively stand out but then when you look at the likes of Lockie Ferguson when you look at some of the batting power they've got with players like Devin Conway you think well maybe actually there is enough there to to maybe do something Jim, when, because you're now back with us, New Zealand, uh, are we writing, is everyone just writing them off and ignoring them a bit too early? Yeah, I'm writing them off. Glenn Phillips will do bits. It, it'll get down on all fours and slap it over fine leg for six, but I just don't think that they're as strong as they have been. I don't think the conditions really suit them. They tend to be strong on the... Um, Old rugby pitches they play on where two thirties chaseable. Um, I was a bit surprised there was no Colin Munro, and Saudi got picked over Adam Milne, which you know I feel like Milne's got a bit more about him as the T Twenty bowler than Saudi has. But um, yeah, I, I I don't back him to qualify. Yeah, I think Adam Milne was a very very strange one because I think Milne in the last year was probably. One of the probably the bowler in world cricket that I would say in T Twenty cricket is is sort of come onto the scene the most. Sort of he had that injury, didn't he? He missed a year, came back in the big bash, and then sort of ever since then is 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 really set the world alight with what he's been doing, and yet still doesn't get in. As you say, I mean Tim Southey just want him. How on earth he he was signed to replace Pat Cummings is um, a bit a bit of a bizarre replacement. I mean, 
yeah, not not sure that was really a like for like, so to speak. But to not pit Milne seems mad. To not pit Munro seems a little mad. There's the sort of players you think would make that little bit of difference to maybe nick them a few games. Side, is there anyone that you think actually could could be a star this World Cup for them? Is Finn Allen in the squad? I want to say no. I think he was another one no, who only made reserves. He was. He looked good for Lanks. He looked really good for Lanks. Um, no, I, I don't think New Zealand will challenge. I think they're battling for that second spot from the group with Pakistan, but I just don't think their spin options are good enough. I don't think Sodi and Santner are good enough. Uh, the team bowling's decent without being absolutely spectacular. Lockie Ferguson is brilliant. Um, Bolton and Southie are decent, but not brilliant in those conditions. And like I say, Sodi and Santner... I don't think they're good enough as a, as spinners. Yeah, I think Sudi and Santner, lovely blokes, as is most of New Zealand. However, I just, I just yeah, I mean, they're, they're not world-class T20 bowlers, are they, if we're being no. really honest? and I don't think they get into any of the other sides as a spin bowling option, or at least not in them top eight sides, which... Is a, isn't a great look, isn't a great place to be. Last but not least, we have, I think, forever the dark horse. Maybe a team that are only really dark horses because you never know what they're going to turn up with. Sometimes you don't even know if they're going to turn up. And if they do turn up, you don't actually know if they're trying to win or if they're just doing whatever's going to earn them more money. It is Pakistan. Uh, I don't know where to start with them because I look at the team and think, with Baba and Mohammed Rizwan, when you've got people like Fakir in there as well, you look at the, the bowling options they have, they, re- they really should be in the top three or four favourites. But it is Pakistan, so we all know that they could be the worst team in the tournament as well, because that's just how they work. Jim, what do you, do you think to Pakistan? I mean, Pakistan have outdone themselves by sacking the coach after the squad was picked. And then giving the job to Matthew Hayden and Vernon Philander is his number two. It's the strangest coaching combination I've ever heard of. Surely as a head coach, you want your number two to be someone that you've worked alongside with, you've got a good relationship with. Where in the world have Matthew Hayden and Vernon Philander sat down and discussed their cricketing philosophies? (laughs) And then, you know, I mean, it's just bizarre. The squad... The squad itself is so good and they're coming in match ready. They've been playing at their domestic T20 competition. Shaheen, Shah, Freddy, Hassan, Ali are good bowlers. They've got Shadab Khan, who's class. You know, Babar Azam and Mohamed Rizwan have racked up some ridiculous numbers this year. But how's that first training session going to be with Matthew Hayden and Vernon Philander? I would like to be a fly on the wall. I've, I imagine there's a meeting of minds there between the likes of Mohamed Rizwan um, and then Matty Hayden and Vernon Falander. I'm a little bit disappointed as well. They didn't. They chose to not pick Azam Khan for the final squad. I mean, <laughs> I love watching him play. He is he is very much Pakistan's answer to Ash Timchuk. He played well. Used to play for Wedgwood. Um, he is a big lad. He hits a big ball. He keeps, I think, purely so he doesn't have to run around elsewhere. Um, but I was a bit disappointed he didn't actually get in because I actually think he's a very good player, despite the fact that 
he doesn't look like he should be. No, what but do you don't, think, worry. Show, don't worry, show Mannix in there. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, some of these some of these decisions that people claim are based on fitness, you then look elsewhere in the, the same team and think, no, it's not fitness. They, they just clearly don't, face does not fit. Yeah, I think Rizvan and Barber are absolutely class. I think we, we we completely forgot about Rizvan when we were talking about the best wicketkeeper batsmen in, in white ball cricket because he's been absolutely unbelievable for the last year. And, yeah, and Shara Freedy as well, absolutely brilliant as well. But yeah, the, the, the likes of picking Shoaib Malik, I think he made his international debut in like the late 90s. He, he must be about 50. How he still gets in that team is unbelievable. And I think the only reason Azam Khan's been left out is because Rizwan is taking the gloves and that mm. means that he's going to have to stay in the field. I think if it wasn't for Rizwan, you might get away with playing Azam Khan as the wicketkeeper and then he, he doesn't have to run. Uh, but yeah, I think they're post- probably the semi. I think they're probably the losing semi-finalists for me. I think that's pretty fair. So you've, you've already sort of jumped the gun ready for me there, Si, which is always good. <laughs> to wrap it up, last five, ten minutes... Prediction time. First prediction, I would like both of your winners. No explanation, because we've been through what we think of the teams anyway. Just one word answer. I'm going to let Sai go first. Who's your winner? India. Jim? Yeah, annoyingly, India. Although a favourite's never won a T20 World Cup. Here's a fair point, here's a fair point. And... I hope they aren't, to be fair. Jono agrees with you. And I'm going to just say England, just so someone disagrees, because as much as we like having lots of Indian listeners, because it boosts us up massively, we can't suck them off too much, can we? Uh, losing finalists. Depends how much they're paying. Hey, <laughs> losing finalists, Jim. Who are you going for? England. I, I reckon England will get there and we'll be defending 24 off the last over. And someone will get carted for four sixes in a row again. <laughs> the joys don't remind me of that. That is PTSD at its best. Sai? Yeah, again, uh, losing finalists, England. I think India will prepare the most anti English wicket you can imagine, turn in square, um, that just won't suit our big, powerful hitting batsmen, and we'll just about fall short, probably chasing. I'm going to go right out there with a prediction. Why not? I'm going to go Pakistan to be losing finalists to England. Just don't know. Don't really know on what logic. I just I feel like they're either going to be the first team knocked out or they're going to make the final. Because that's just that is just Pakistan in my head. Um, I can't think of anything better either than an Indian World Cup and it being England versus Pakistan in the final. I feel like Twitter would be very, very quiet that day. Which would be absolutely fucking hilarious. Michael Vaughan would be vocal, wouldn't he? Oh, Vaughan, he'd love it, wouldn't he? He'd be tweeting every five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Looking a little bit different with these predictions, uh, a team that you would say are your dark horse and a team that you think will disappoint. Jim, I'll let you go first. Yeah, South Africa are my dark horse. I reckon they'll come <coughs> through the group of England. And then I'm sticking to my prediction. I've had a you know a minute to think about it, but Australia, they win more than one game. I will be surprised. I'm, I'm not disagreeing there. Sai, what do you think? 
I'm going to go with South Africa as um, the team I expect to do well. I don't think that can be considered dark horses because the team's too good for that. And my disappointment is going to be New Zealand. I I don't see them winning a game. Possibly. They, they might beat Afghanistan, but I think they'll be comfortably beaten by India and Pakistan. Can you ever be disappointed with New Zealand, though? <laughs> no, they'll still be our second team. It's more of a better luck next time than a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with Australia as the disappointment. Touch wood, hopefully praying, because I I think New Zealand won't disappoint me because I, I actually expect them to be probably the eighth best team out of that mate. Maybe slightly better than Afghanistan, but maybe not. To be fair, um, Dark Horse. I'm gonna have to stick with Pakistan teams. I've said they're gonna make the final, um, but South Africa another that I would. I'm hoping. We'll pull off a bit of a shock and we'll be in and around it when it comes to the business end. Last but not least, top run scorer, top wicket taker, Sai, who are we thinking are going to be main men with bat and ball? I'm going to go top run scorer, <coughs> Johnny Basto. I think he will do the job for England. I think he'll, whether he opens, but more likely that's four, I think he'll score the bulk of our runs. I see him getting 30, 40, 50 most games. He's, he, he's just an unbelievable T20 batsman. Um, top wicket taker. Now, I'd written this down before any of the warm-up games, and I've written down Adil Rashid. However, he's been absolutely carted against India, and I don't think he did too much better today. Did he play? Got free for... Got to get oh, well, for. completely wrong there. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I know he got absolutely carted against India, and I thought, oh, this might be a shocking prediction. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Adil Rashid. Jim, what are you thinking? Who, who do you think you're going to be the main man? So, yeah, I agree. Top wicket taker is going to be Adil Rashid. You've also got to consider the fact he's one of the, those guys that Morgan trusts. Like he, he could go for 40 off his first three overs. Morgan will still give him that final over. Morgan, he, he's just one of those guys that's got Morgan's trust. And I think he'll bowl his four overs most games and he'll pick up his wickets in those middle overs. The pitches will suit him. He's going to be playing one game against Australia who can't play spin and we'll get four wickets there. So, yeah, I, I think Adil Rashid is going to take top wicket-taker. Uh, top run scorer, I can't look past K.L. Rahul. Um, he's been in form all year. He was class in the test matches against England. I was shocked by that. I, when he got drafted in last minute, I thought, well, brilliant. They're starting each innings one down straight away. But he was brilliant. And he's taken that form into the IPL. And the way he batted the other night, I mean... The only the only term I can put it in, the geezer just oozes it. He just oozes it. He's class, looks the part, plays proper cricket shots. I just think he's going to carry that form throughout the tournament. He's got Ishan Kishan breathing down his neck as well. So if he he's got to know that if he starts off badly, he could be out of the team. So I think he's just going to, I think he's going to boss it. Well, I'll be honest. I've got two names down for. Top run scoring, you've said him now, Bairstow and Rahul, so can't disagree. Wicket taker, I think just because, as you say, Rashid is probably one of the only bowlers guaranteed to bowl four overs every game. It's going to put him up there. Before I saw the pitches, I actually thought Bumrah, but I'm just not 100% sure. I think he'll always pick up a couple, but is there going to be any games on them sort of pitches where he can pick up a four for... It's gonna it's gonna be tough work for him. They don't look like pitches that are gonna 
particularly suit him. And he isn't going to bowl. I know he bowled an absolute snorting Yorker to, to Johnny Bairstow in the warm-up, but he isn't going to bowl three or four of them a game and take the pitch out of the equation. So I, I think Adil Rashid's a very, very good shout. And I, I would be surprised if it's even that close, as long as England do make it, obviously, to the to the final stages. Obviously, it all kicks off on Saturday. We've got three games that we sort of know about, uh, sort of know the full line-up on to start us off, and the three very good games. First one is Australia-South Africa. Very quickly, who are we predicting to win that one? I think I know what Jim's going to say. Australia. Nah, South Africa. South <laughs> Africa win that one quite handsomely. Australia have got no idea what their best team is. I, 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 I just remembered as well that Matthew Wade's in that team somehow. <laughs> Matthew um, Wade still finds a spot somehow in Australia. I know, so. they're struggling to choose between him and English, and they've left Carey at, at home. So, no. I, I mean, I, I've got no idea what team they're going to pick. They've got Kane Richardson in the team. I mean... Do me a favour. I think um, I think they struggle to make one thirty, whether they're setting a target or chasing it. I think South Africa win that easily. Fair play, fair play. Say, I think it'll be a bit closer, but I'm back in South Africa. Yeah, I, I think South Africa, and and people who maybe haven't been following T Twenty cricket, they'll think, oh wow, that's a shock when it happens on Saturday. But uh, I expect to see unless. Glenn Maxwell has one of them games. I don't think it'll actually be that close. I think South Africa should win quite comfortably. Then, of course, it is England versus West Indies. What do we think? Is it a banana skin of England going to start off with a loss or are they going to get a win, side? I'm hoping they get a win. I think they will get a win. I'll be a lot more confident if Morgan wins the toss if he plays and is chasing, I'll be a little bit worried regardless of what we set. Um, if West Indies are chasing, they could have someone like Dwayne Bravo batting at nine. They're just going to go for it all the way down. Um, so it, as long as England are chasing, I'm very, very confident England will win. If they're not, I might be a little bit worried. Jim, are you, are you, is the PTSD starting to hit you? Are you getting concerned? Or do you think actually now we've, we've got this one? I mean, this is about as hard a game as we could start off with because whoever loses this game can't afford to lose another game. You lose two games, you're not making it through the group stages. Um, Terrifies me. I think the West Indies are going to do it. I think think they're going to beat us. I don't know. Maybe it's the pessimism. Maybe it's Carlos Brathwaite's name and... Marlon Samuel's feet up on the media desk that are just ringing round my head. Oh, Marlon, Marlon, Marlon. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, um, I think West Indies win that one. Oof. Oof. I, I can't give you any insight because I'm not basing it on any logic. I'm just basing it off fears and depressions and sleepless nights and questions I keep asking, like why did Ben Stokes decide to bowl four half volleys? Just three's enough. Try to <laughs> Yeah. I tell you what, you and Jono are going to become best friends on this podcast because I can imagine Jono more or less saying the exact same words. Um, he love he loves a little bit of pessimism and hating England, which is I can't I can't blame him. And then the big game, 
India versus Pakistan. I'll be honest, I would love nothing more than to see Pakistan win. Just just to see the reaction on Twitter. But is that possible or are India just way, way too good to 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 seriously go and mess it up in their opening game of their home World Cup, I say, with inverted commas because it's in the fucking UAE, that is not your home. Please stop trying to claim this is the Indian World Cup. It isn't. But anyway. Jim, are they going to do it? Is, is it Pakistan going to make all our days or is it just going to be an easy win for India? I think, I mean, this game really, in a weird kind of way, is Pakistan's tournament. They win this and don't qualify for the knockouts. They could give less of a shit, mate. <laughs> they just they just want to give India a bloody nose. Um, I mean, how, how could you predict... a? a how can you predict a World Cup game with Pakistan? And I got Matthew Hayden as a head coach. He's just all he's been doing lately is commenting on the IPL. Yeah. You know, I mean, all logic is saying India are going to smash them. They're going to roll them over. They've got all bases covered. The only thing that's going to stop India winning this tournament is themselves, as long as they can pick the right team on the day, given the conditions that present themselves. But um, I think Pakistan are going to do them. I'm not basing <laughs> again. I'm I'm not basing it on any logic. I just you know, Bab Azam is going to show the world why the IPL is not the best franchise tournament because you can't claim to be the best franchise tournament if Bab Azam and Mohammed Rizwan aren't in it, and you're paying top dollar for Chris Morris. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fair fair point. I can't argue with it. So, uh, um, will Pakistan be India? No. Could Pakistan be India? Yes. Um, it wouldn't be a massive shock, but it would be very Pakistan to go and beat India and then somehow manage not to qualify by losing to Afghanistan and New Zealand. Uh, but I don't think they will. <laughs> yeah, well, you've just ruined all my hopes and dreams for having an hilarious Sunday on Twitter where I could just spend my day baiting people. But hey, oh, we can but hope anyway. Right, I think... We've done an hour and 20. I'm sure everyone listening at home by this point is thinking, fucking hell, shut up. Especially me sounding like Wheezy off Toy Story 2. So, big thanks, boys, for joining me. Next week, hopefully, it'll be yourselves again. But hopefully, we'll have the added extra of A, Jono and Mounty with us. So, fingers crossed. Obviously, before we go, always big thanks for listening. Big thanks to Woodstock. Big thanks to Cardiac Risk and the Young. Make sure you follow, subscribe and review us and sign up to our Fancy League. Now, Si and Jim, have you signed up to the Fancy League? I have. No. Oh. no. No, but I promise you I will do it at about three o'clock this morning when Nipper wakes up for a bottle. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. So get yourselves on the cricket draft, enter our league. I'll be honest, as it stands at the moment, I do not have a prize. However, hopefully, I'm hoping that either Johnny from Woodstock or Nick Masquerade uh, Jono's cousin who works at Robinson's is going to hear this and decide to donate a crate of beer as a prize for whoever wins our fancy league if not you might have to deal with a crate of Carlin from the local Asda but hey I will sort a prize of some form I hate Carlin it's chaff piss don't ask um, but I, I'm I will... a chav and I'll turn my nose up at it <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we promise to sort a prize as long as whoever wins does actually listen to the podcast isn't just a random Indian follower that decides to join the league. But with all that said and done, 
I guess it's time to say we'll see you next week at some point. And hopefully we'll be talking about England having had a good start. Until then, have a good week. Have a good time watching the actual cricket this weekend. Go well and we'll see you soon. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky. With so many options to choose from, how do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning, high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast, proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Yeah, yeah,